What's up, Bulls fans? Welcome to the Whole Lot of Bull Podcast. I'm Troy. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Troy, and you can follow the show at Whole Lot of Bull. Uh, not many topics to go through today. I uh, got with you guys, um, so I'll just keep right into it. Uh, so we've seen uh, Jake Fisher come out with some reports about uh, potential Zach Levine trade rumors and what that may look like. Um, apparently, the Bulls may be gouging interest around around the league about what's, uh, what they could potentially get in return for Zach. Um, general thoughts on that, probably if they're looking to trade Zach, that to me, well, at least it, what I would be doing if I'm the Bulls, if I'm looking to trade Zach, is potentially starting the rebuild. Uh, and like if you trade Zach... You essentially have to trade Demar and trade Vooch and just start again from the ground up, um, because if you're planning on on building around Demar and Vooch, as good as those guys are, starting a retool, because that would essentially what it would be is a retool around Demar and Vooch, as opposed to Zach, it's probably a bit of uh, a massive mistake, like. You know, Demar's been great for these couple of years. Um, Vooch has been, in my opinion, has been has been great. Like he hasn't been all star level, but he certainly hasn't been an absolute. You know, I've, some of the things you've heard about Vooch, what some people say about Vooch, he hasn't been a disaster, as some people like to say. Um, but hey, that's that's some people's opinions. They're entitled to it, but I think Vooch has been very good. And I would still do that trade all over again. So, hey, make it out what you will. Um, but yeah, if you want to trade Zach, to me that signals rebuild it. And honestly, if I'm if I'm AK, the the first team I'm calling in regards to a trade, well, the first teams I'm calling in regards to gouging interest with for Zach Levine are Charlotte and Portland, who obviously have the number two and three picks uh, in next week's draft. Um, a lot of probably depend on what Charlotte is planning to do. There's a lot of speculation. They're actually looking at Brandon Miller as he's supposedly a better fit with LaMelo Ball, assuming that LaMelo can even get on the court, a bit like his brother Lonzo. Um, but, you know, Charlotte would be crazy to pass up on Scoot regardless of the fit with, with LaMelo because, you know, Scoot is just a, a generational talent, which you just don't pass up on, but hey, if that's the route that Charlotte wants to go down, that's fine. Um, and also, that's also where I'd be calling Portland with for the number three pick. If Charlotte doesn't take Brandon Miller and Scoot is there available at number three, but essentially, if I'm trading Zach, it's it's for me. It's for you. You're trying to land Scoot. Um, otherwise, it's to me, it's kind of pointless. You just if you want to retool, you trade Demar, you trade Vooch, or you work out a you hopefully work out a sign of trade with Vooch and you retool this thing around Zach. I mean honestly, I personally I would only be training Demar out of the out of the three. Like Zach and Vooch had a great two man game going with the the pick and roll, pick and pop. Um so that, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, obviously there's a lot of special like speculation, I should say, sorry going around about Zach. You know, it's that time of year again where you know, the the Zach Levine trade room is start up. Um, so we'll see where that goes, you know, obviously we'll find out probably a, a lot come this time next week, well, this time next week the draft will, would have come and gone, um, it's Sunday afternoon for you guys, uh, we'll, 
sorry, I'll start that again. It's Sunday afternoon, afternoon for me uh, as I record this. I'll get my words out properly soon. Um, and the and the draft is on Friday morning, uh, my time. I think it's about ten a.m. It starts here in Adelaide. So obviously, by the time I record the next episode, we'll actually we'll have the draft uh, come and gone, and we might actually have a better idea of where this team is actually headed. Um, so a couple of non-balls related topics. One of them you can call us. Call of uh, sort of call it semi-related balls because it is about the goat Michael Jordan. Um, he has sold his majority stake in the Charlotte Hornets, which he's owned as the majority owner since uh, 2010, I believe it was. Which I believe he also bought them for about roughly 280 million dollars, and he's walked away uh, selling his majority stake in it for three billion. So. Hey, nice little profit there for MJ. Um, we already know he's probably the richest former athlete um, in the world of sport. Um, so to walk, you know, so to, to buy the Hornets for 280-odd million dollars and to be able to sell them for $3 billion, I mean, I think that only happens with the Charlotte Hornets based on the fact that it was it was Michael who was the owner, as opposed to Joe Blow. Because, um, yeah, if it, honestly, I don't think... Yeah, while value, the value of teams have always increasing, I don't think the value of a team increases that much unless the owner... Unless, it, <laughs> unless someone is the owner like Michael Jordan. Uh, obviously, Michael's time in Charlotte as the majority owner. Now, fans need to remember, Michael sold his majority ownership in the team he still has a minority stake so he is still part of the ownership group of the hornets he just has a minority share so he's not out of the charlotte hornets franchise completely so for those ones who go oh michael should come back and buy the balls from jerry reinstorf it ain't happening jerry we all know jerry ain't selling the team anyway because it's his cash cow even though if he was to sell the if he was to sell the team, he'd he'd make so much bloody money he'd he'd have it coming out of his paws, out of his ears, his nose, every orifice. He's got money coming out of was to sell the balls. They'd he'd make that much money out of it. Uh, but yeah, Michael's time running the Hornets. I believe they only had maybe one two playoff appearances max, and neither went well. Um, obviously, he bought the team from Bob Johnson, I believe his name was, which is why the team was originally called the Bobcats. And then, obviously, once the New Orleans Hornets changed their name to the Pelicans, Michael reclaimed the Hornets' nickname for Charlotte, which how it should have always been. So it was great to so obviously it's great to see the Hornets' name back in Charlotte as opposed to the Bobcats because that was just horrible. Um, yeah, so MJ's tenure as the Hornets owner did not go very well. Like, literally, honestly, I think the best thing that happened for that franchise was reclaiming the Hornets' name. That's And that's pretty sad that that's the best thing that happened because a team, that franchise was horrible. Being in Charlotte, being such a a low-market franchise, they're not gonna, you can't recruit free agents to that team. Like, probably their best free agent. Signing was Gordon Hayward, and you had to massively overpay for him. 
So yeah, Charlotte's not a free agent destination, despite having the greatest player, the greatest athlete of all time in MJ. And who knows, maybe MJ might have been part of the reason, because people are too scared to work for Michael. You know, you hear the stories about um, what MJ used to do to the guys in practice. You know, Steven Jackson told that story of after the guys won a couple of games or something. You know, they were having a horrible season, but then they won a couple of games in a row. They're starting to feel good about themselves, and then apparently they, they lose the game or something, and MJ... Like, Steven Jackson says something to Michael, and Michael comes into practice the next day and teams up with the bench players and absolutely destroys the starters. I mean, like, at 50-something years old, Michael's still out there killing prime NBA players. I mean, I think that's also just another testament into how great Michael was, that even as a retired, weight-gaining, 50-something-year-old person, he was still good enough to go out there and absolutely embarrass NBA players that are in their prime line. Steve, Steven Jackson was no slouch. Um, so moving into, into the next one, because uh, Jamba Rant. Now, we all saw that thing we he had last season with the gun incident, which apparently he had a gun in Denver, I believe it was. It certainly wasn't in, in Memphis. Um, and there was the questions about how he got the gun to that city, assuming it, assuming it was Denver. And then he got basically a bit of a slap on the hand from the league. Don't do it again, naughty boy. But he also had that team suspension, which I think was about eight games, roughly. Can't remember off the top of my head. And then we saw that video come out not long ago where he's in the in the car with his mate, vibing or whatever the hell he's doing to, to some song. I didn't actually listen to the audio, but clearly he's like listening to some music and with his mate and then he flashes a gun again and all of a sudden the, everyone's just like, Jar, what are you doing, man? Like, you've already been told and here you are again with a gun showing on public display. Now, over here in Australia, guns are pretty much outlawed. Uh, you need to have a special license to have one, I believe. You just can't willy-nilly have a gun. You have to have it locked up in your house with special codes. You have to have the ammunition in a separate location. That way, you know, kids can't accidentally get to it or, you know, whatever the, whatever the case is, like... The rules, the laws here in Australia are very strict around guns, and which is something I believe Barack Obama tried to bring in. Um, obviously, gun laws in the US over there, I don't know much about, but it's quite clear they're much more, uh, they're far looser than what they are here in Australia, let's put it that way. So, yeah, he's flashed his gun in the car, and then. Obviously, the NBA came out and said they were investigating. And then during the finals, they come out and said that they had reached... Well, they had concluded their investigations, but would wait until after the finals had concluded to 
release their findings and their and hand out any punishments. And then we find out Jar has a 25 game suspension, which is kind of fair. Maybe probably honestly, it was probably a little bit under what I thought he might get. I, mean, I thought he might be looking at anywhere up to 50 games. Uh, the fact, based on the fact that he had already been warned by Adam Silver about possessing a gun, showing a gun, like well, whatever the case is. Um, so Jar, I, mean, I don't know what this dude is doing. He's the guy had the NBA at his feet. I mean, everyone was comparing him to Derek Rose, and well, at least on court, they were comparing him to Derek. Uh, an MVP Derek anyway, but you know, with all this sort of stuff, regardless of what he does on the court, don't ever compare to that. Compare this guy to Derek Rose ever again. I mean, athletic. He's an athletic freak. He's a, a hell of a play. He's going to be one of the best players in the league. But don't ever insult Derek Rose ever again by comparing him to this guy. And hey, I was one. I was included in that when I saw this kid play come into the league. I'm like. Shit, this guy reminds me of a pre-ACL injury Derek Rose. But, you know, hopefully Jar learns his lesson from this. Um, he's trying to act all gangster, tough. Like, dude, you're in, the, you're in the NBA. Like, stop trying to make... Stop trying to be something you're not. I mean, you're trying to act like you're from the hood or some crap. Like, dude, DeMar DeRozan... He's from Compton. You don't see him acting like this. You don't see him flashing guns and trying to act all, all gangster and tough and all that sort of crap. So, Jar, it's not you, mate. So, quit it. There's actual guys in the league that are from those places who probably have more of a right to actually add, act all hard and gangster. You ain't one. So, move on with your life, dude. Get back to playing some basketball. Get back to being a great player that you are. Stop stop the gangster crap. Um, obviously, you know, no one's ever, no one's ever gonna say you can't live your life, but just be sensible about it. Don't do it, don't do anything stupid, don't ruin your career. It's it's not worth it. I mean this your NBA career is your life. This is your livelihood. You you're setting up wealth for generations of your family. You really want to risk all that just because you want to f- act all gangster and flash a gun like dude be smarter than that man um so moving on to the last thing because yeah it's not not a long episode guys um obviously it's that dead space between the nba finals and the the draft which quick shout out to the denver nuggets congratulations on winning the uh the nba championship the franchise's first ever uh, Nikola Jokic, you're an absolute freak of nature, dude. Like, for someone who you look at is tall, slow, don't look that coordinated, to do all the things that this guy can do, it's unbelievable. I mean, he can drop 30, 40 points on your head without breaking a sweat. He's throwing dimes like he's Magic Johnson. He's got that step back three point shot like he's Larry Bird. Rebound with the best of them. The guy's an absolute triple double machine without him trying. And how can you not love this guy? Like, he loses his finals MVP trophy 
and he's acting like he doesn't care. Like, <laughs> he's like, and then when the finals, he's like, okay, job's done now. I can go home because all he wants to do is just go back, go back to Serbia and be with his horses and do all sort of stuff. But apparently, he's only got a couple of weeks break before he might have to do some um, World Cup duties. Or I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's playing in the World Cup. Um, my mate Pads, he did mention something about how Jokic only has a couple of weeks off before he has to get back into it again. Um, so leading into it, I did put out on Twitter, like, you know, because it was such a low news week with, with Bulls news that if anyone had any topics they might like me to cover for this pod, uh, hit me up and a local Bulls fan did hit me up and ask me what my hopes and dreams are for draft night. Uh, I can't really say I've got hopes and dreams for draft night, like, at the end of the day, um, this franchise has been a letdown time and time again. Yes, we do have, you know, AK and Eversley are three years into this thing, going into the fourth season, and they did create a lot of hopes and dreams after their initial 18 months in the job. You know, they had the the, the Vucevic trade, and they had, and then obviously the following off season, they you know sign and trade for Demar. They got Lonzo Ball. They got Alex Caruso. And obviously that was something they wanted to put together, and it hasn't worked for, you know, it hasn't worked since. Basically, Lonzo went down with his injury. Um, so what am I hoping for with a draft? You know, because I've got no dreams. You know, well, okay. The, Maybe the dream scenario, the the hope scenario, was possibly they trade in, like they do trade back into the draft. I mean, hopefully at worst, um, get that number twenty three pick from Portland. That's the Knicks pick, and we send them back there, basically their rights to the pick that they owe us. Um, and then we we get a, you know, we get a draft pick there. We can make. A, a late first round pick and probably as much as I don't want to trade Zach um, I'd honestly I'd be looking at anything possible to land Scoot Henderson whether that be trading with Charlotte or Portland um, for that number two or three pick to to get Scoot but you know we see reports come out today that um, Portland was in discussions. Now we all know what discussions are. They could be actual talks, or it could have been Washington gave Portland a call, said, uh, "Here's an offer for this," and Portland might have just started laughing their ass off and hung up the phone. And you know that's the ex- extended discussion. But the you know the 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 rumor is that they've had a discussion about a deal revolving around the number three pick to Washington for Kristaps Porzingis. Um, obviously, I'm assuming that there'd be more and uh, more involved in that deal. I did see something as I was going through a bit of a search to expand on that deal. Looks like more of Kristaps and the number eight pick for Anthony Simons and the number three pick. That's still a horrible trade for Portland. Like, 
that that's just horrible. Um, so if if Portland was to even remotely consider that, then surely the Bulls can offer up Demar Derozan for the number three pick. That's better than Porzingis. I mean, if you know, if uh, Vucevic was to, to agree to a sign and trade to Portland, I mean, he's a better option for them than Chris Stapps. Like, I don't know. I just don't rate Chris Stapps anymore. Like, he had a great start to his career with the Knicks, and then tears his ACL, and I don't think he's really ever come back to the player he has since. I mean, like, granted, I can own up outside of watching him play against Chicago. I don't really see him play. Um, but everything that I have seen of him, he's not the same player he was since that ACL injury. Whereas, you know, Vucevic is still a consistent, you know, set what, 17-11 last year. Like 50-something double-doubles. So, yes, Doug, he is a double-double machine. I know you hate that term, but that's the facts. Um, so yeah, like if, if they're even entertaining Chris Stapps, Vucevic is a far better option for him than Porzingis. So surely Paul, uh, Chicago can try and get themselves somewhere into, into that mix possibly. Um, but yeah, hopes and dreams. I don't, I, yeah, there's not really hopes and dreams cause you know, what's the point being a Bulls fan? Cause we just get ourselves let down. Um, so yeah, as I said guys, it was going to be a, qu- a quick episode, looks like it has gone almost 22 minutes at this point, so it was actually ended up probably being a bit longer than what I initially thought. Um, so probably next episode I'll record will probably be after the after the draft has happened, and then hopefully we've got a, I've got a fair bit to actually talk to you about, and give my thoughts and opinions on, whether that be we've traded into the draft, or... Maybe nothing's happened at all, and or possibly if nothing's happened um, in terms of the draft, maybe there's um, some news regarding uh, Nikola Vucevic and his possible three-year extension or whatever the extension may look like. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll cap it there, guys. Um, so yeah, so thank you for tuning into this episode of Whole Lot of Ball. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod on your preferred podcast platform. So you don't miss any episodes. If you wish, you can follow me on Twitter at balls underscore Troy and the show at whole lot of ball. Until next time, guys, see red, go balls.